How you doing? Oh, Tired? Yeah, I worked for uh, almost about five hours today. So I'm a little. I thought it was vacay. It is, but we got the big the big exams next week, so I got to mm. get ready for that. So tomorrow and Sunday I'll be working too. Yeah. Sorry if I'd known that we wouldn't uh, no. we wouldn't have needed to record. No, it's it's fine. I need to do more things that aren't work. You know. I feel you. Just I currently feel like I have too many things that aren't work. Well, I mean, your whole life is work. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and then I've added extra work on top of it for reasons yeah. that are difficult to understand. I mean, if anything, you should be allowed to just like sit in a dark room and not do anything. Oh, I mean, part of me, oh, but yeah. uh, part of that was what led to my panic disorder diagnosis was going into dark places ah. during moments of stress to hide. So, so no dark rooms for you. Avoid stimuli. Well, I, I, I still like a dark room. Who wouldn't? I prefer the dark. I was born in the dark. <laughs> Now, you simply adopted it. That doesn't necessarily sound like Bane as it does like an old turtle, like with a big mustache. Well, to be fair, Bane didn't sound like Bane. Bane, <laughs> Bane sounded like a fancy gentleman from like a, you know, a Peabody cartoon. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it. Molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then it was nothing to me but blinding. Something. It was, uh, I remember seeing an early trailer and they had a clip of the voice in that and it was way different. And then they they dubbed over top of it, I guess, to make it clearer. And uh. it was much, much worse. <laughs> that sounds like a Pokemon trying to be a bad... A bad guy. <laughs> Looney Tunes babies. No. Good. Nothing. Okay. How are you doing? What have you been? What do you? What have you been up to this week? Playing, watching, doing. I've been trying to do as little as possible in preparation for going back to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair. So I have been listening, binging, if you will, to podcasts. But specifically Dateline podcasts. What? Is that a thing? Yes. And they're amazing. All they are the TV show, but it's just the audio. That sounds awful. No, they're amazing. How dare you? But they're not designed for podcast listening. So are they? do they really translate well? Yes, they do. Keith Morrison oh. does well on any platform. Uh, I don't know any Morrison oh except God. for The Doors. Okay, well, this friendship has come to a timely conclusion. Um, <laughs> uh, what makes it timely exactly the conclusion of our friendship right now? Cause you don't want to record the podcast. <laughs> Cause you're, I, you don't love Dateline as much as I, I'll, I'll send you a couple episodes. I can honestly say, I don't think I've ever watched any oh Dateline ever and I never will. I've been playing. Okay. Stay with me here. I've been playing power wash simulator and then listening to Dateline podcasts at the same time. Yeah, and I'm the fucked up <laughs> one. Like, must make it clean. Clean! And then... You're, you're gonna end up on Dateline like that. It's so satisfying. Uh, was To Catch a Predator a Dateline show? I No, I don't think so. But it was along the same lines kind of thing. Like, Except they're not just catching uh, okay. predators. They're just recounting horrible murder stories and let me tell you so is dateline a show or or a network yeah. i don't know what dateline is dateline is a tv show the only dateline i know is when i ground up some prunes oh, and snorted no. them that's not a thing at all no dateline is a tv show it's amazing and after having watched and listened to a million episodes i'll tell you right now i can low-key solve crime it's always the spouse oh yes Always. Always. Uh, in the case of the owl and the staircase, do you remember that one? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I started talking about the owl, we were watching the documentary and John like got up and was like, I can't listen to it. <laughs> the, the owl <laughs> killed her. <laughs> Not the yeah. blood on the staircase that shows that she was clearly pushed, but the yeah, owl yeah. roosting or outside. One of his children having like a murder weapon yes. later on hidden in their garage. 
no, 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 no. Why are we not discounting? Yeah. You're moving off of this owl situation very quickly here. Like the whole thing was amazing. But that's like a Dateline type story. That said, if I was an owl, I would kill everyone. I mean, yeah. I <laughs> Me. <laughs> Despite um, working for five hours today, I did run a couple errands and tried to get out and do things outside of work. And I got to tell you, Ben, people are just the worst. Hell truly is other people. I truly love all of humanity. No, you don't, you liar. <laughs> no, I do on a macro, on a micro scale, an individual one-to-one. I have a hard time. Sure. But as a concept overall, I think it's moving forward. It deserves a go. Uh, children are our future and I want the best for the world. But individually, y'all can get fucked. Just kidding. Not not you, dear listener. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. But the people driving in parking lots, it's like everyone has just forgotten how to drive over the pandemic. And just watching people maneuver around parking lots of busy shopping centers is just... Oh, no, it's hell. Parking oh lots God. are hell. Driving is hell. Like It's a nightmare. If you don't have your driver's license yet, don't bother. Just don't wait until the robots take over driving. I enjoy driving. I also fucking hate driving. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, you know who's somebody who does like driving, though? Who? I'll tell you after the theme song. Welcome back. Uh, This is Dork Matters, a dorky podcast for dorks. I'm your dad dork host, Ben Rankle, and with me as always, our Ed Dorkator, Lexi Hunt. Hello. Holy shit, was that the cleanest intro I've ever done? That was amazing. Good job. Oh, this might be the new era for this show, (laughs) where it starts getting professional. Coming in hot. Yeah. Oh, man, I did it. Okay, well, let's end it right there. I'm done. Actually, See you no, around, yeah, yeah, we got to stop. We got to go while we're on top. Uh, you know, we, we crack that nut. What? <laughs> I don't know what I'm Ooh. saying. And you lost it. Uh, it's gone. Here's something that's not gone, though. We're talking about Bond, James Bond, this evening. Um, I'm surprised we haven't done it sooner, but there's a lot of topics we haven't covered yet that I am still surprised about. Lord of the Rings. We haven't done Lord of the Rings yet. Yeah, that one's It's just so big. We keep talking about it, and it's just so big. I mean, do you start with The Hobbit? Do you start with Lord of the Rings and then go to The Hobbit? Do you talk about the the war? Books, movie, generally talk about Lord of the Rings, TV shows, derivative works. There's a lot. I mean, even James Bond. Legos. I mean, come Uh, on. You know, we could be talking about theme songs, just theme songs, like a whole episode on just theme songs. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we'll start more general uh, if that's... If that's where you're at as well, let's let's get into James Bond. Yeah. Um, so James Bond, for those who somehow don't know, I feel like if you're listening to this, you know who James <laughs> Bond. I don't know if there's a person on earth who doesn't know who James Bond is. Uh sorry, are things okay there? I hear Yeah. There is a dog barking downstairs. Is it your dog? Yeah, that is my dog. Just gonna Do you want to invite them ask. in? No, he's downstairs. If he was oh. in here, actually. I wonder what no. they, they could say about the show. What they have to say about James Bond. Farf! Farf, farf, farf! Amusingly, if I brought one of my kids in, they almost certainly would make the exact same sound. <laughs> Dogs, <laughs> kids, they're the same, right? Yeah, roughly. Uh, roughly. <laughs> uh, that wasn't intentional. Uh, all my best jokes are ones I don't mean to make. There you go. 
Um, but people people know James Bond is like an international yeah, yeah. icon. A thing. A fictional character. I'm just going to read this blurb anyhow, though. Mm-hmm. James Bond is a fictional character created by British novelist Ian Fleming in 1953. Uh, a British secret agent working for MI6 under the codename 007. Bond has been portrayed on film in 27 productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many books he's in, but let's be honest, we're, we're leaning more into uh, the film Bond here, I think, than the book Bond. Yeah. Uh, have you ever read a Bond book? No, I haven't, but my dad read all of Ian Fleming's works. Mm. I read uh, exactly one like official Bond book, and it was not an Ian Fleming one. It was a mm. Jeffrey Deaver uh, Bond. Okay. And... Might be one of my favorite iterations of Bond, uh, but we can get into that some other day. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's James Bond. Uh, I got a quick quiz for you, Lex. Okay, let's no, do it. No Googling. Put that phone down. I can see the glow on your face. <laughs> Name all the Bond actors in order. In order? Oh, okay. From like descending to or ascending. Uh, I think the only place to start is with the first on film and and work your way towards the most recent on film. Can you do it? I don't know if I can because they get kind of... I tested myself. I can. So I'm not going to do it. Um, And I can just say that. I can just say I can do it. And I don't have to prove that. (laughs) I I believe you. And I I can't. So I'm going to say, is Sean Connery the first Bond? Yes. One for one. Okay. So Sean Connery. Roger Moore. Uh, I actually have to double check my list. I wrote it down. And now my, <laughs> oh, my, I don't my, know my brain is farting. <laughs> no, you're already off. Okay. So Sean Connery. Timothy Dalton. No, you're you're way off. Okay. Uh, who's the first Bond? It's Sean Connery. That's correct. Okay, Sean Connery. Uh, then you, um, should I take you through? Or is it just cheating at this point? No, 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 no. Let me think. Let me okay, do this. Okay. Not Timothy. One more, one more crack. Oh, it's that guy who I always forget. No, okay, give it to me. Uh, You got Sean Connery, uh, George Lazenby. uh, Ah, that's yes. I always forget about him on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yes, fan favorite. That was my dad's favorite. Uh, Then Roger Moore. Roger Moore. um, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. There's a. there's a little bit of, of uh, bouncing around there because uh, Sean Connery does come back in 1971 after yeah. George Lazenby's uh, single outing. Uh, and I think it's Diamonds Are Forever, which he comes back for, but I'd have to double check. Yeah, I, I get really muddled in there because I I can't say that we ever watched them in chronological order. They were just on, right? Especially Christmas time. Is that not important to you? It's always no, important to me to do uh, like media in chronological order for some reason. <gasps> I just feel like James Bond is timeless mm-hmm. up until like after Timothy Dalton. Like mm. once you have the Pierce Brosnan era, then it's all modern age. But before then, it's just kind of a, mu- a muddled mess of bonds. A muddled mutt. Yeah. M- muddled mess of bonds. A barrage of badly blown <laughs> bonds. I like alliteration. I'm just not good at yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so Lazenby does his outing. Uh and uh, Connery comes back for Diamonds Are Forever. Now, that's if you're looking at the Eon-produced mm-hmm. movies. There are two sort of officially James Bond flicks, but they're not uh, Eon productions. Okay. And uh, if I'm remembering correctly, it's Never Say Never Again. And, oh, shit, I'm blanking on it. Uh, I believe, oh, fudge, that's going to bother me. Well, <laughs> there you go. Done. Uh Casino Royale, that's a non-Eon one, but that's also a, like a, it's technically a Bond flick, but it's not a real Bond flick. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so you've got uh, old uh, old Connery popping back up. Oh, yeah, there. I'm looking at the list right now. And then he goes into Roger Moore, where we see Live and Let Die, Man with the Golden Gun, etc., etc. Wow, Roger Moore really put out a ton of... Oh, Never Say Never Again. That's the one where mm-hmm. Bond comes back again. That's non-Eon. non-eon. Diamonds Are Forever. He is officially yeah. uh, like like an Eon production where he comes back after Lazenby before Roger Moore. Yeah. And then he does the Thunderball take that is not from Eon Productions, which is Never Say Never Again, which is also basically the exact same movie as Thunderball, just with Sean Connery instead. That part really gets confusing. Moonraker. That was a great one. Oh, Moonraker so is a great weapon. 
yeah in the golden eye video game so that was a fun aside <laughs> those are the bonds <laughs> those are the bonds those are the bonds to to date wait i guess we didn't finish the list we stopped uh right so we got sean connery george lazenby sean connery again roger moore and then you get timothy dalton pierce brosnan and daniel craig finally yep and daniel craig's done now yes officially the last one is his last one so we're in that antsy era where we try to decide who's coming who's coming next yeah and i don't know how i feel about like i was reading about some of the the front runners of Mm -hmm. you know the rumor mill who's going to replace um daniel craig yeah quicksilver from age of ultron i didn't even realize uh kick-ass himself was even british i know aaron taylor johnson um Mm -hmm who I guess most recently was in Bullet Train and was wonderful in it. I got to say, very, very great. I enjoyed mm. the movie, thought he was good, but I was just like, another another white guy? Really? Come on. Mm-hmm. 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 I just don't see him as a Bond necessarily. Do I think he'd do a good job? Yes. Okay, well, I was going to save this for later, but uh, since we're talking about Bonds, who yeah. who would be your pick for next? Do you have a favorite? Idris Elba. Uh, yeah. Idris see, Elba. I understand that, but I also think he's too old at this point. I mean... He's like <sighs> older than Roger Moore when he finished or something. I don't know. Uh, Fair point. Yeah, but... I think Idris Elba has timed out, unfortunately. I also have some issues with Idris Elba. I can't actually... We've talked about this before. You've mentioned some TV shows you think he's good in. He has yep. not done a movie that has actually been that great of a role. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you wanted to bring up Knuckles from Sonic 2? That is a, it's a surprisingly uh, great performance from Mr. Elba. <laughs> Uh, okay i will say i will agree that in in the film realm he does genre stuff that is he really does yeah he does those ones okay so then i'm gonna go to one of my other favorite no shade i just don't know if he's that great of an actor he's got you know charisma have you seen luther no i haven't that's the whole point then shush you need to watch Luther. But I sure as shit saw Sonic 2, which I, mean, I love. And I think Idris Elba actually was surprisingly good as Knuckles. Uh, but I've also seen uh, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> and I love Fast and Furious. And none of that was particularly good. It's okay. I will. I, I grant you that that his movie record is not great. But his ability to play a disgruntled cop is wonderful. I do think he's great. However, Mm -hmm. um, I would like to see, and I know some people out there are going to be like, you're horrible. I can't believe you're saying this. I think Dev Patel would be an excellent James Bond personally. Huh? Interesting. Yes. I can't see Dev Patel as, Oh, he absolutely could. Having the swagger for it. He just seemed so, so childlike to me. Have you been watching, um, uh, the new Willow show at all? Is he in it? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's in the new Willow show on Disney Plus, and uh, he's I mean he's fantastic. He's always a fantastic actor. Uh, I love Dev Patel. Yeah, but uh, there actually is uh, a, a person on that show that I think would make for uh, a fantastic Bond. Who are we looking at? Amar Chadra Patel. Chadra Patel. Pardon me. Oh. Who plays sort of the berserker wild dude who you, you yes. know, spoilers. Spoilers! Used to be Val Kilmer's, what do you call it, squire or whatever? He looks too big to be Bond. Yeah, he might be too tall and I appreciate that. I'm going to check how tall he is. Because there have been a few people suggested and I've been like, too tall. Definitely too tall. He's he looks like a tall dude. He's the other way. He looks sm- too small. He's only six two actually. And see, Dev would be good because you put a tiny bit of weight on him. Really like a nice tailored cut. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Really? Because his like his portraiture, he looks like he has like Marfan syndrome or something. Like a he's very elongated. How tall is Dev Patel? Let's find out. This is now <laughs> the show about googling. People's height. That we. <laughs> oh, Dev Patel's height is 1.88 meters. So, as a Canadian, I have to translate <laughs> that into. He is 6'2. Uh, feet and inches. He's the same height? He's the same height. 
why does he seem so much shorter in in Willow? But you ha- have you seen the Green Knight? I have not seen Green okay. Knight, and I think that might change my opinion a Absolutely lot. Absolutely, it would. Because James Bond is also a bit of an asshole. He's kind of always slumdog millionaire. No, but you have to see him in some of his different. Like he can play an asshole and be like. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that at all. Right, like he's he his range is wonderful. So I would just hope that people are not like I just want to see a little more diversity in Bond and come on. Yeah, no, definitely, I'm with you. There's so many good actors out there and. I don't know. I think Kick-Ass would do a good job, but I just, I love Dev. I think we, we ought to give him a shot. Um, I, uh, I would be on for it. I don't think that's uh, a bad choice mm-hmm. at all. Um, currently, the one I've been thinking of is Henry Golding. Henry Golding. Interesting. Why? Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, British Malaysian. He, ha- he has the look, I think. He's got, he's got that suaveness that uh, looks good in a suit. <laughs> And uh, I think he's a fantastic actor. Henry Golding. Um, yeah. I guess. It's going to be a tough one. Is he a better actor than Deb Patel? No. I don't think so. No. I think Deb Patel is probably one of the greatest actors at the moment. I know. He is. And so let's give him some range and see what he can do with the franchise. Run with it, Dev. I mean, but does he want to become uh, a cartoon character like James Bond? <laughs> Maybe he's got more acting integrity. <laughs> who than knows? That. Um, I don't know, dear dear listeners. Who do you think? That's a good pick. That's uh, that's not one that I was expecting. Yeah, let us know who you think should be James Bond uh, when we post. You know, our usual clip mm-hmm. on Instagram. Jump onto the jump onto the comments and tell us how wrong we were with our picks and how right you are with yours. But miss us with any of that. It needs to be a white dude. Yeah. Thing. Since we've covered that, does it need to be a male? Okay. Here's what I'd like to say about that. And that's actually a great segue into one of the uh, women Mm -hmm. that I'd like to talk about that uh, inspired Ian Fleming as he was writing the books. I think we might end up being of the same mind on this, which is that I think we both might think that uh, a character like James Bond is intrinsically male and needs to be male. But um, no, interesting. I think he represents like the worst aspects of, of, of masculinity in a lot of ways. And like removing him from that. Are you familiar with all the the different? So James Bond, mm-hmm. the character, many people have argued is an amalgam of many different people that Ian Fleming knew over the course of his life, especially as he was working um, during World War II. And so, are you familiar with the the name Christine Granville? I am not. Okay, so um, her actual Polish name would be Maria Christina Janina Skarbek, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Christine Granville, who was a Polish and British special operations executive, so an SOE, during the Second World War. And she was known for just being this badass spy who was James Bond in many elements, like was very, very brash, kind mm-hmm. of um, would seduce people to get what she needed to do. She was really, really cutthroat. Mm-hmm. And there are folks out there who would argue she had a huge influence on Ian Fleming as uh, much that many aspects of her life or elements of what she did um, could be found in the character of James Bond. So I think that there's elements of James Bond that are based on some strong women. So I kind of like to see that character come up a little bit like i almost want them to go back in time and have james bond be like a british secret agent during the second world war and people think it's a man and then it actually turns out to be this chick i think like that would be a really cool element uh okay i see where you're coming from and i absolutely believe that a a female character could be a similar sort of spy and philanderer and whatever you know brash etc i just Part of me thinks that James Bond himself culturally is male and watching that character evolve from the Ian Fleming, mm-hmm. you know, all women love semi-rape. They love to be taken. It was his sweet brutality against my bruised body that made his act of love so piercingly wonderful. Uh, James Bond into a more modern version of, of uh, masculinity is something that I think might be tied to the character much in the same way that I don't think you can do Akira if it's not tied to sort of the history of Japan and nuclear warfare. Mm. 
but I could be wrong. I don't know. I just think there's something about that character that is about confronting or could be about confronting masculinity. Maybe it is in a lot of ways and should be. I don't know. I feel like putting a female into that role and like making her James Bond kind of puts a lot of legacy of, of patriarchy and misogyny onto a female. And that seems weird to me, but that's just, you know, first blush. I haven't thought about this a great deal. I feel like there's ways that you can go about like dissecting the character and you either do it by completely turning it up on its head and yeah, turning James Bond female or whatever, um, or building up the female characters around Bond. And I think that that's what we've seen in the past few years with the Daniel Craig. Sure. With Nami. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lynch. I forget her first name. Lynch though, uh, who takes on the 007 uh, code Mm. number Mm -hmm. during the most recent film. um, When, Bond is out of commission. That it, yeah, it's interesting. Because, but it's at the point where James Bond was at the time. It wasn't even misogynistic at the time because, like in the sixties, that's just like what was up. And then yeah, but I mean that's still misogynistic, even if they don't know it was super misogynistic. And now people are trying to confront that and look at the character again. And so if you're going to do a revamp, like I think you need to do like a full revamp and. That's why I think like going with someone like Dev Patel, like if you're going to revamp it, like revamp it, right? Yeah, definitely. I just, uh, I'm just so curious about taking the legacy of, of like a Bond as a terrible male figure. And instead of trying to modernize that, just switching it and putting all of that, that fucking baggage on, on a female to carry would be, uh, I don't know what the right word is, would be weird to try to. The weirdness would be trying to make her make make a woman carry that as if that was some part of their intrinsic characteristics as well. I think you'd have like, could it be done in? Yes. Sure. Do I think yeah. people would watch it? I hate to say it. I think we got Lady Ghostbusters all over again. Like if it was a lady. I like Lady Ghostbusters. I like Chris Hemsworth as a completely one-dimensional dumb character. Like if you don't get what they were trying to do with that. Of course I do, like, but it was boring. Do you not understand that it's a flip on like the <laughs> 80s sort of style of comedy? Oh, that was so boring. No, no, not you specifically. I, I didn't find it boring. I mean, was it the greatest thing ever? The thing is I find Ghostbusters sort of boring to start with. I don't think they're that great. I don't like either of them that much. I, I really loved the first iteration of Ghostbusters. Is it the Dan Aykroyd uh, ghost blowjob that does it for you? No. That, that gem of cinema? No, it's the... the <laughs> that high mark in movie making? I just, I, I could not tell you a single part, even though I've seen it twice, other than I love Leslie Jones. I think she's hilarious. Put her, like, she can, I watch her mm-hmm. on Twitter when she's just watching the news and just, like, giving commentary. Hilarious. I watch movies of that. But everybody else, I was just like, eh. Really, you didn't find Chris Hemsworth as a dumb... I forgot he was in the movie, Ben. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, oh, man, did you watch the latest one? The whatever it was called, Rebirth or Afterbirth or whatever? Yeah. I did, and it was awful. Uh, I will take a million whatever derogatory name they have for the female Ghostbusters over over that shit again. <laughs> I've heard really mixed things. I know, pe- like my sister said, she loved it. Other people... I know and trust said that they watched it, loved it. They watched it, hated it. Like, I don't know. And I, I have no desire to watch it. Like, mm. I just. No, that's fair. I, I'm also okay with letting things not be remakes. Like, do we have to remake everything? Like, God. Sure. Almighty. Absolutely. No. We didn't need to ever make Ghostbusters again. Again, from my point of view, because it wasn't that great to start with. Yeah. It was of its time. It was an interesting capsule of that 80s weirdness and uh, it, it would have been fine to just leave it there yeah but if it wasn't but, for remakes or trying to like recapture a generation we wouldn't have had golden eye good job swerving us back yeah we uh, get uh, arguably like one of the greatest n64 games <laughs> i thought you were gonna go with one of the greatest bond films of all time I mean, a lot of it was the Bond film of the generation, (laughs) uh, for sure. Yes. Okay, so what do we like about James Bond? Let's get into it. What is it about James Bond, this this character that we've just spent the last like 10 minutes talking about how terrible they are? What is it that is compelling about James Bond? 
I think it's exciting to think about like the espionage that there's mm-hmm. people working behind the scenes and all of us are just going to the grocery store and eating oat milk. And meanwhile, there's like, I definitely think about that when one of those fl- films is on, I'm like, Oh, I'm that character walking yeah. behind there that doesn't know any of this high, <laughs> high, exciting stuff. Is happening. Yeah, and the person standing on the corner on their phone, like looking up, like, what was that sound? But it's exciting to think that there is this like covert world mm-hmm. of spies fighting each other countries and the jet set lifestyle where it's also just like opulence like only the fanciest Mm. bougiest places in the world that like i will never see i'm never gonna see that sure it's a lifestyle fantasy uh and in a lot of ways a male fantasy um but there's aspects of that that anybody can enjoy obviously but it's like all that genre like john wick even like the oceans 11 type franchise it's all about this underworld that's super, super fancy that none of us will ever get to experience. Yeah. And you just kind of do whatever. Extrajudicial. They just do what they want because it doesn't matter. Hmm. Yeah. The suaveness of Bond, I think, is appealing yeah. uh, if we're looking specifically at the character. Charming, obviously, plays to all yep. of those fancy cars, British colonial roots we have. Traveling around the world like a cop that can do whatever they want and doesn't matter about jurisdiction or what other people do. Yeah, exactly. Constantly getting in trouble and is like, what are you going to do? And then they just fuck off somewhere. That's the one thing that I always thought was hilarious. Have we we moved into what we hate about Bond Love hate. Love hate. Yeah. Well, there's some things I hate hate. I loved to hate the fact that whenever he would get in trouble and like have a fight with M would just disappear like, you're in trouble, Bond. And then he'd go off to, like, Thailand. And we're like, but how do you have money to just do that? When I get in trouble, I go to, like, <laughs> Phil's or Denny's, you know? Yeah, I go to Amazon <laughs> and buy things I don't need. But this guy, like, leaves the country. And I'm like, how is he leaving the country when he's a government agent? And you guys could just be like, this guy here can't leave the country. Oh, but he's got so many secret identities and passports. He's got so many secret identities. You'll never guess his secret identity. How about uh, Jerry O'Connell? For, do you remember that show? <gasps> yes, there we go. You'll yeah. never guess my secret identity. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry O'Connell for... If Idris uh, Elba's too old, I'm sorry to tell you this, Ben. James Bond. <laughs> the first American. Uh, yeah. It's true. <laughs> Hey, he's not too old to be ransom on. Uh, he is kicking butt, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, no. Okay. What do we hate about Bond? I hate uh, he's a bit rapey colonial. I feel like we've established that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Those are the things. I mean, you know, it's that uh, conscious consumption mm-hmm. of of your media. You got to be aware. Uh, thus far, only white see that's the other aspect of it that will be interesting mm-hmm. to tackle if they do decide to uh move on from a white bond or a male bond is the sort of intrinsic colonialness that mm-hmm. that represents and how does that change if you switch that character and i'm not saying again that it can't be done it definitely can and probably should it'd be interesting mm-hmm. like you don't need to be boring you can be interesting trying to figure out how to do that so uh yeah those are aspects of it like that would be fascinating to see. Mm-hmm. Are we done with that portion? Did we talk about all we hate? I also, I want to say, I also hate how Bond treats Q. Okay. I think that Q is like, I would like to see a movie more on, from Q's perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my kind of like, let's look at all the gadgets and the science of it. The logistics. I mean, it's a... Uh... 45 minutes of Q standing there looking at a report until Bond walks in for five minutes and then... Drinking some tea. I love it. The other 45 minutes on the other side of that are just him drinking tea and writing reports. It's like one of those lo-fi yeah. audio experiences. <laughs> I love you get it. Just music playing in the background and you watch the guy writing. I think Q is the most important character and it always would piss me off how dismissive Bond would be. So I did appreciate in some of sure, the more yeah. Daniel Craig movies, like when he comes back after being really skirt up that he's not able to kind of catch up with the technology. He's having a really hard t- time keeping up with the fitness expectations of the secret agents. Um, but then I just, I hate every time an Aston Martin dies, a part of me goes with it. Like I just hate how he treats the cars and the gadgets oh, and the blowing up. Like, Oh my God, the reckless abandon. 
just drives me crazy. I mostly worry for those poor fruit vendors along the sides <laughs> of the roads. That's who I feel for. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. There we go. You hate you hate the way he treats uh, the wasteful nature and the rude the rude frivolousness towards Q. Right, and and everyone else that he meets. Yeah, and just the general population. <laughs> yeah. We're all just living in your world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't uh, can't say colonial enough this episode. <laughs> it is how, you know, they talk about the British. colonial tally will come up at the being end. Being expats in other places or like, you know, traveling, same as American. Mm. And it's all about like, speak English. Do you have fish and chips here? Where's my burger and fries? Is James Bond that? I think he might be in, in some degree. Let's go to Who's That Pokemon? <laughs> Da, na, 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 na. Are you doing Who's it? that Pokemon? You got one? Because I do if you don't. No, go for it. Okay, the silhouette is sort of round. Well, let's get my finger where you can actually okay. see it. Roundish. Roundish. Yeah. With another circle and then sort of a line that goes through it. Is it James Bond walking through the the spotlight? No. Good one, though. Thank you. I like that guess. Is it an actual Pokemon or are we still in the James Bond world? Uh, we're in the James Bond world. Okay. Yeah, it's not an actual Pokemon. Well, debatable. Oh, that's a weird overlap. Yeah, give me a second okay. here. Um, you know what? In a way, it is also sort of a Pokemon. The hell are you? Okay. I just hit the mother of all wow. who's that Pokemon's for the show. I have hit actual Pokemon and... Uh, and and a James Bond thing at the same time. What? Okay. I think I win. So it's a round thing with a little line. Yeah, sort of a round thing, another round thing, and then a bit of a line that comes out. And I am going to copy this link Is and it... put it into the chat. And when you're ready to see the answer, you can. Okay. I kind of want to say. But don't look until you're ready. It's. It sounds like. Polyworld slash wow. a target for for shooty practice. Ooh, interesting. Um, hmm. Can you give me any other hints? Uh, it is definitely related to James Bond. <laughs> um, what else can I give you that's not a dead giveaway? It is a character in some way from both franchises, Pokemon and James Bond. And I've sent you links to both of them. What? Uh, I just don't know how those two franchises have anything to do with each no, other. No, it's so deliciously good. You're going to be mad when you figure it out. That's the hint I give you. You're going to be mad when you figure it out. If you're listening and you figured it out, yell it out right now, wherever you are. Just yell out the answer. I'm so curious. And then make sure you uh, send us an email or a comment on one of our socials to let us know you got it. Okay, I'm giving up. I want to. I'm, I'm clicking on the link. I'm doing. Okay, it. good luck. Lonk. Go look at the link. What the fuck? Click the second link. It'll it'll make it more. Oh, that's what I like. That's that's the sort of uh, the sort of feedback oh a dad like me God. likes. You did like a trifecta dad joke here. It was is my best. There's so many reasons to stop podcasting after this. Oh my god! It uh, is the unknown Q. The Q. It's Q. Yeah. The letter Q. Da na 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 na. It's Q. that's why when you asked me if it was a Pokemon or not, I was like no, and then I was like oh wait. It is. There's a, full, there's a full alphabet of unknown out there. That is so funny. I love it. Good job. That was a good one. Da na 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 na. It's Q. <laughs> oh my god, that is so. I'm good. so happy with how that went over. I feel just delighted. I think, yeah, we're good. We can we can we're... stop podcasting now forever because <laughs> like we found a way to make Pokemon and James Bond match. I want to go ahead with that. Uh, I would love to uh, to spin off um, our little D and D adventure into a new podcast if that was ever financially viable yeah, for us. That would be uh, great. If that's something that interests y'all, hit us up. Let us know, and we'll see if we can make it happen. Mm -hmm. uh, I do believe I would bring Fiona on to round out. Mm -hmm. I think we could use a third. I think a little yeah. bit more back and forth. 
especially if uh, Jason is just going to meow as Mucho. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah, that Mucho, no matter what, it's kind of like Groot just is meowing, yeah, but we yeah. definitely need a third one in there. Yeah, yeah, I think Fiona might be a good a mm-hmm. good fit for that. Um, my wife. Oh my god! Almost didn't get it in. Uh. <laughs> Thanks. Wait, that sounds weird. Uh, anyhow. All right, we need to get into the meat of this, the best yeah. stuff. Who is the best James Bond, in your opinion? Who is the James Bond you love the most? Timothy Dalton. Okay. I'm almost there with you. Timothy Dalton's fantastic, absolutely underrated. Uh, oh, if yeah. Fiona was here, she would be screaming that you are right, and that is also her pick. Yeah. Uh, I have to go with Pierce Brosnan myself. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the hell out of Timothy Dalton's, oh. though. Uh, He's just such a gentleman. Yeah, like, I would actually say Pierce Brosnan's even more gentlemanly. Like yeah. Timothy Dalton's even like a bit more like violent and kind of nihilistic. Uh, yeah, uh, still still an edge to him. Pierce Brosnan yeah, still oh. he's a little too safe for me. He's definitely safe. Right? He's, he he comes out of he is a different Bond than anything that preceded him, uh, and he's also a lot more techy. Yes. I think he's a little yeah. he's a little more quippy with Q, but he's not really like a dick to him in the way a lot of the other mm-hmm. Bonds are. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, he's sort of a dink, but not a dick. I mean, and I think that's an important distinction. They're all dinks. Dicks, yeah. Right. Dicks and dinks. But I got to say that um, after I watched um, Hot Fuzz with Timothy Dalton uh, in it, I rewatched all mm-hmm. the Bond films and had a new love for Timothy Dalton. And it was really thanks to mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz that I came to see Timothy Dalton as my favorite Bond. Oh, he's fantastic in anything he pops up in. Uh, but yeah. Pierce Brosnan is just of an age for me. He was like sort of our generation's Bond. He pops up with mm-hmm. Goldeneye and whatever, 90, yep. whatever, blah. And uh, I got to see it in the theaters. It wasn't, I don't think my first Bond, but it was the first, like one of the first movies I saw in theater with my dad and my yeah. brother. And uh, yeah, it just carried me into that whole world even more. Watching them. That's mine. Brosnan. That's that's you, Walton. The only wrong answer here is Roger Moore, and I know he is some people's <laughs> favorite, but that's wrong. He's wrong. He's just he is the creepiest old man version of Bond. I feel like it's the joke about like anytime someone says that their favorite Kiss member is Peter Chris, they're lying. Yeah, I don't know anything about Kiss. <laughs> if someone says that their favorite Bond, is- <laughs> they're not necessarily lying. They're just wrong and a bad person. God, this I'm going to get in trouble again. And no one's even mentioned George Lazenby. I mean, I love George Lazenby, uh, Lazenby, whatever, but he's only in one flick. And I think that's sort of what keeps him toward the bottom of the list for most people. Um, but most people yeah. love On His Majesty's uh, Secret Service, or on her, his? Yeah, on Her Majesty's. I yeah, can't remember who, which majesty Service. was being serviced at that point, but... Uh, uh, well, it's typically only been one. The lady. When did she take over? Queenie. Um, it could have been. Or two, like... Yeah, was so, it like 52 or well, something? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not good at yeah. monarchy stuff. <laughs> Who cares? 52, 1952, I think. You know what? I'm Googling it. No, I'm just going to say it right now. It doesn't matter. Don't care when. Uh, I can tell you when she stopped being queen. 20, oh, my God. 2022. She was 1952, February 6th, that she first became queen. Wow. So she had 70 years straight of being a monarch and continuing colonialism worldwide. Do you ever stop and wonder if some of the awful legacy that our country has uh, should be paid for by countries like France and the United Kingdom? I will say that I would love not coming from France. Like my family is originally from Scotland Mm -hmm. and um, I would love for the English, like the English government to stand up in their fancy ass parliament and apologize and take ownership for colonialism across the world because um, they started it and a, and a quick I'm sorry would be real interesting. I don't think it'll ever friggin' happen. Yeah. Because um... even... Okay, so I've been listening, uh, I've been binging a lot of shows. Yeah, you were telling us uh, Dateline. And Noble, uh, also Noble Blood, if you're familiar with it. I'm not. I love it. I gotta link these shows. 
There's a reason I'm the dad dork and you're the Ed Dorkator. I just listen to fantasy podcasts about losers rolling dice like me. That's the real. Okay. So this is, there's two, I think there's one called from Poland with love. And that's about the um, Polish secret agent that I talked about earlier about her whole thing. Um, But then there's also, there's an episode that I was recently listening to and it was um, episode 107, the curse of the coal Lenore. And so this was um, the the diamond that's on the crown that the queen would wear during coronations. I thought you said colon nor, like so black colon. K O like coal, like for your eyes, like uh, okay. K O H I N O R. So this diamond has been it's actually in the Tower of London right now, and it was taken stolen by mm-hmm. Queen Victoria from the sick king of india um okay duleep singh who was like the ruler of india at the time it was the crown jewel taken stolen to the uk was originally like a huge huge diamond and um in india at the time that's where most diamonds came from and in india at that time the the more the larger the stone the larger the diamond the more precious brought it to the uk they cut it down because they thought the more fancy and shiny, the better. So they ripped it apart, cut it, gave it to Queen Victoria, put in her special little crown. And then um, she actually, some would argue, took Duleep Singh's children and family as hostage living there. Um, And then years later, we have, after World War II, India split into India and Pakistan. And now the, yeah. And so now people are talking about returning the stone which would be a great time to do so but both the governments of india and pakistan have claimed this stone for their own so where do you send it and so there's a lot of conversation now that with uh, king charles maybe this is the time to really start leaning into um, repatriating lots of the stolen artifacts that are in british museums galleries and the like yeah and i'm not smart enough to make a really succinct argument here off the cuff but like you know if our government here in canada is taking responsibility you know finger quotes at least you know lip service wise Mm -hmm. then i do feel like the specifically in our context of canada then the uh, countries that colonize this place have a a, an ownership of that uh, as Mm -hmm. well have a responsibility to what they did here as well um as we all do um and you know how does that play into bond uh, well, which is the worst James Bond? <laughs> just, Sean like Connery. just like colonialism is the worst. Who is your least favorite Bond? You think it's Sean Connery, huh? Yeah, I think it's Sean Connery. And what makes you hate Sean Connery so much? It's not that I hate him. I, I like Sean Connery as an actor when he's in um, Indiana Jones. Great. But it Fs with me uh, that he wore a hairpiece for so long. Um, I would see him in movies later on. And I didn't realize that he was wearing a hairpiece. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Like, you do you, fella. But um, I just thought that his character was over the top misogynistic. Like, even for the time, Mm -hmm. I was like, did anybody else think, like, that was too far? Yeah, yeah, sure. He dresses up in, like, racist uh, costumes as well. Yes. Uh, There's a lot to dislike about him. I find, I I mean, Roger Moore is my least favorite. I think Mm. he is the cringiest, the worst. He becomes, like, a pastiche of even his terrible self. Like he starts out as all of those things we hate about Bond and then becomes a cartoon version of all those things we hate about Bond. Yeah. Uh, and just stays too long. Just as oh. old and crusty and is supposed to be like somehow interesting to uh, all these people and charming and quick enough to like get the drop on anyone. Like, all right, grandpa, <laughs> this is clearly just like James Bond's like last couple fantasies as he lies in a nursing home. <laughs> That's what the last few movies with Roger Moore are. Uh, all right. Well, we got our two worst, our two favorites. Okay. Uh, interesting. Neither of us chose Daniel Craig uh, for um, either. He's okay. He's fine. He did a good job. Yeah. I, I enjoyed them. I wouldn't say the last Bond film was a Bond film in my mind. It was just so... Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Like, I just found the whole thing so unbond like Hmm. Interesting, because it focused more on a singular relationship, a child, and then ultimately his death. I think it was the death. Like, 
the death part. Yeah, it's like James Bond settling down. Just being so explicit. Yeah, like mm. you can hint at things like that and always have the question of is he going to do it? Did sure. he actually die? You don't see his body. But to actually um, yeah. say, yeah, he wants to settle down and then he sacrifices himself. Like it, it was just too on the nose for me where I thought it was more, okay, this might sound weird. In my mind, it was more like a Jason mm. Bourne movie than it was a James Bond movie. Interesting. I think uh, it's part of that reinvention that we were talking about the characters. So it all, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me because I think with the death being as explicit as it felt to me, um, it changes yeah. Bond from being this sort of ethereal character who may or may not be the same person, uh, you know, re- reiterated and makes it more explicitly like a, a title yeah. that is bequeathed um for the first time yes. it feels like yeah no this is explicitly the death of this james bond and if we have another one it's going to be yeah. a yeah. different person not a continuation oh, 100%. as silly as that might be the semantics of that or whatever oh i think that's definitely how they'd start it. like you're gonna see the black and white photo of daniel craig james bond on the wall and then they're like, are you ready for this 007? And then it pans up to like someone completely different. I think that's 100% how the next movie somehow starts or is it, it's in there somewhere. Easier to leave behind the legacy, the negative legacy of, of a Bond character, I guess. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Well, did we talk about our favorite James Bond movies? I don't think we did. I mean, I could do a whole episode on that. Ah, but I'd have true. to choose one off the cuff and that's hard for me to do. Okay, that's fine. We don't need to do that. I mean, go for it. Throw it out. I'll see what I can come up with quickly. So the reason I bring it up is because, like, so the last movie was so on the nose, but the the death of James Bond so that a new Bond can be rebirthed. Again, super, super, like, literal, like, we get it. But that was also how I felt about Skyfall. Like, the actual, the literal burning down of the family home so that he can do what needs to be done and not be tethered skyfall Um, might be one of my least faves skyfall was my favorite despite the fact it's uh a daniel craig i loved it i'm super mad about what they do to em in that film uh the way they just like destroy beautiful movie they just destroy her character this particularly the judy dench version of Mm -hmm. of em that has been this hyper competent leader for so long and then they just make her out to be a bumbling idiot and then she died. I didn't take it as a bumbling idiot. I th- I, I thought it was well, it feels no. That way. I totally didn't take it that way. I and saw then she it as like replaced by a man. No, I I saw it as like it's it's hard to do a job forever, mm-hmm. and that she was ready to step down. But how do you step down from that line of work? You don't. You never are off. And more than anything, I will say like I am a visual person first and a story person second. And that movie was beautiful. Like cinematically, like it was gorgeous. Like the scenes in Scotland, the cars, like it was a, such a gorgeous movie that I would watch it over and over again just for that. The story I thought it was still pretty good. Mm. I mean, it's a James Bond movie. I'm not looking for like war and peace here. I might, it's hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you just talk to Siri? Siri's like, Siri, Siri thinks you want to find war and peace. <laughs> she did was, she, it recorded my whole soliloquy there. <laughs> Siri, the unofficial third host of this podcast. <laughs> that would be funny if Siri was our podcast. But... Hey Siri, what is your favorite James Bond film? Ooh. Oh, she won't give me an answer. Okay, I'm sorry, it. I didn't quite catch that. Hey, Please Siri. try again. What's your favorite James Bond film? James Bond Jr. is an American animated television series based on Ian Fleming's James Bond franchise. It follows the adventures of James Bond's nephew, James Bond Jr. That short-run animated series <laughs> from the 90s that actually is a neon oh, production, weirdly God. enough. It is, it's like it's canon. Uh, James Bond Jr. is James Bond, uh, the original's nephew, so I don't really understand how the junior works there, but... <laughs> That's uh, that's series favorite. Um, all right, you know, since we're heading out here mm-hmm. at the end, uh, is there anything else we need to get into with Bond here in this sort of general this general approach to Bond? Um, Fa- favorite theme song? Just the classic. Okay, you can't no. pick that. 
I'll take it back. Um, well, you can't. You can't pick it. Adele, Skyfall. Come on. Yeah. Adele. Mmm. Skyfall. Let it crumble. Oh, it's a great mm. song. It is a bop. You know my name is pretty dope. Actually, I would say the the Craig era has had fantastic songs. Uh, no time to die. Billie Eilish is great as well. But then you had Shirley Bassey from the from the olden days, and she was a powerhouse. I mean, honestly, I have a soft spot mm. for uh, Paul McCartney and the Wings, Live and Let Die as well, and Duran Duran's A View to a Kill. So all of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. Uh, oh, we'll have to do a whole other episode on themes because there are so many themes that, that were commissioned and just not used or dumped, like Katie yeah. Lang's uh, uh, version of the theme for Tomorrow yes. Never Dies that gets dumped to the... And credits and rename Surrender in, in favor of that sort of soulless uh, Cheryl Crow bit. Um, another Way to Die, Jack White and Alicia Keys is kind of discordant. Oh, I forgot to say, Quantum of Soulless might be one of my favorites. Oh, that's a good, yeah. Uh, uh, not as many people like that one, but I love it because Bond is singularly focused on getting revenge for the death mm. Of Vesper at that yeah. point and uh, the finger quotes Bond girl in that film is not somebody that is a romantic interest for him mm-hmm. at all uh, she is just this kind of kick-ass person with her own thing to do uh, a lot of agency in that film and he he just goes goes on a murder streak sort of like that one uh, that one Timothy Dalton flick which one am I thinking of yeah whatever Worst theme song, Tomorrow Never Dies, Cheryl yeah. Crow. Or possibly All Time High, I don't care for. All I wanted was a sweet distraction for an hour two. I would like to do another Bond episode. And in it, I would like to talk mm-hmm. about Bond villains. Oh, interesting. Should we should we hit out a favorite Bond villain before we go? <sighs> There's too many. I gotta like dig through them all because I have to like rank them also. Because there's so mm. many elements of like just my personal favorites, but then also like sure. cultural icons that have like influenced bad guy villainry across mm. genres. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, we should do a listicle, a listicle episode yeah. that's just Bond. Yeah, villains. that'd be great. I love Jaws. Uh, the arc that Jaws gets through. <laughs> I think Jaws appears in like three different flicks. He's one of the few villains to kind of, especially hench villains, that keeps coming. But then it comes, this is my nuances of like, is it the the person who like the actor who plays the character, or is it the character that you enjoy? Uh, both in this case, <laughs> probably more the character, but uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spy who loved me and Moonraker. So I guess just two flicks. I thought it was more well, Richard Keel. So and this is okay. Just as like a going out thing, the thing that I like talked would want to talk about in terms of like the character, not necessarily the actor who plays the character doing an amazing job, um, but would be the villain odd job whose first appearance Ben was in Goldfinger in 1959 mm. and last appearance was an in inspector gadget in 1999. Wait, there's a Canon version of that's what I mean about the bond villains. They transcend bond into other genres. Wait into the inspector gadget movie with Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Yep. What the hell? Uh, superhero comedy film directed by David Kellogg, written by Carrie Aaron and Zach Penn. And of course, we do have our man, Matthew Broderick and Rupert Everett. Yeah, Rupert Everett as uh, Dr. Claw. I am a huge Inspector Gadget stan, so. I just think that it's so funny. <laughs> you know who would have been too tall to be Bond? Uh, Richard Keel, who played Jaws 7 2. Too tall. Can't oh, be that tall and be wow. Bond. Just doesn't work. Who's going to be threatening to you if you're that tall, if you tower over everyone? Nothing. You can just push them out of the way. Yeah, or bite them with your metal teeth. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, for hanging out with us, for talking about Bond, James Bond. And uh, yeah, we'll have another episode for you in uh, a couple weeks here. Uh, In the meantime, check us out on our socials. We're on Twitter, uh, Instagram. We've even got a subreddit that I haven't checked on in a while, TikTok. Uh, 
I don't think there's any dances, but there's a lot of clips there to check out. We tried YouTube. It didn't work. But yeah, find us. Talk to no. us. Uh, let us know what you want to chat about, what you want to dork out about. And uh, until next time, dork, 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 dork. Dork 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 Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give us a rating, and tell your friends about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song, Dance, off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Begaini, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Nation Region 3.